Hi, this is Robin Willis, and welcome to Expat Stories, where we present stories about life in Expatria, a place that is away from our homes, but perhaps closer to our hearts. This episode's storyteller is Rafa Gomez, and was recorded on October 15th in 2012 at the Mutual Centro de Arte in Barcelona, Spain. My name is Rafael Gomez. I'm probably the only Rafael Gomez in Spain who is treated like a giri day in and day out. I look so much like a giri that when I walk down Passage de Borbo in the Barceloneta, the waiters hustling business for their restaurant approach me in broken English. Would you like to see her menu? Our sangria is authentic. <laughs> I look so much like a giri that when I go shopping in the San Antonio market, clients with lots of morru who arrived after me always seem to get served before me. That's got to be the measure of integration in this country, the respect you get in the market. Even though I have a very Spanish-sounding name and I'm even a citizen of Spain, I'm still an expat because I grew up and lived most of my life far away from here. But I'm not really from there either. I'm not from any one place. I've been an expat everywhere and I've lived since the very day I was born. The story of my life is an expat story. So let me tell it to you if you'll bear with me. I was born in Sweden, you know, that country that is a model of social progress. My parents eloped there in the early 1960s, and so they were, you guessed it, expats. That made me an expat when I was born. By the time I was one year old, though, my family moved to Germany, where my mother is from. But having been born outside Germany, you know, Germany is the land of Blut und Boden, and having a Spanish nombre y apellido, I was never really made to feel very German. Even though when I was young, I looked like a perfect example of Aryan youth. I was frequently asked why I had a Spanish family name. Was my father a Gastarbeiter, perhaps? Nein, es Universitätsprofessor. Warum? Funny how the conversation always ended abruptly at that point. Anyway, I was still quite young. Some years later, when I was six years old, my family emigrated from Germany to Ottawa, Canada. By that time, we had grown to become a family of five expats. When we got off the boat and settled in Ottawa, I had to learn English quickly. It was a matter of survival. Eventually, we settled in Montreal, Quebec, which meant I had to learn French, too, just to survive in the schoolyard. That's when I learned that language is paramount to cultural integration, and that in Canada, moreover, language is the stuff of political battles. You see, in Quebec, there's an important distinction made between francophone, anglophone, and allophone. Does anyone know what that last one means? That last, allo is hello, so that last one translates as hello phone. 
and refers to immigrants whose first language is neither French nor English, like me. Now, if you're a francophone de pure laine or pure wool, that means you're a real Quebecer. To have that status, you have to have a last name like Tremblay and speak a dialect called Joal, which sounds a lot like French spoken in Normandy in the 16th century. Needless to say, I could never become pure laine. In fact, as an allophone, I was not even considered impure wool. I was 100% acrylic. <laughs> so I was even an expat in Canada, the expat nation par excellence. Indeed, most of my Canadian friends back then were immigrants or expats, either that or Jewish. I ate and shopped mostly at immigrant establishments, lived in immigrant neighborhoods, studied at a university attended mostly by foreigners, worked alongside expats, and had girlfriends who were Polish, Filipinas, Catalan, Austrian. The only truly Canadian girlfriend I had was named Kitty. In Quebec, she was considered an allo Kitty. <laughs> and she was born in Newfoundland, St. John's, Newfoundland. Lord, thunder, and Jesus, yep. But since her parents were not born there, the locals, the Newfoundlanders, the Newfies, always reminded her that she was a come-from-a-ways, i.e. an expat. The lack of coherence between my name, citizenship, birthplace, and appearance was not normally much of a problem in Canada, I have to say. In fact, most Canadians didn't even blink. It was only ever a problem when I wanted to visit the superpower to the south, on the other side of what is still referred to today as the world's longest friendly border. You see, before 2001, Canadians were the only aliens, that is, that is a heavy word, right? The word for a non-US citizen. We were, Canadians were the only aliens who could enter the USA without a passport. All we had to do was say we were Canadian, eh? The A was very important. <laughs> and show an ID card, like a driver's license. Now, normally the border guards, they wouldn't bother actually reading the information on the driver's license. But when they did, I always knew right then and there that I was toast. <laughs> Your name is Rafael Gomez? Uh, come with me. Then I would usually get asked further questions, such as, where do I live? What do I do? Why do I have a Mexican-sounding name? <laughs> the question I hoped they would never ask, though, was, where were you born? <laughs> because when they heard Stockholm, Sweden, the alarms went off. At that point, I would usually be subjected to a strip search, and my automobile would be dismantled. <laughs> it can, at times, be tough when you lack coherence between your name, birthplace, citizenship, and physical appearance. When I'm in Canada, I'm Spanish. When I'm in Spain, I'm Canadian. Two countries that could not be more diametrically opposed. Canadians like to drive very slowly, but walk very fast. We know how Spaniards like to drive. They like to drive fast, and they know how they like to walk, right? very slowly. In Canada, it is said that the capital city, Ottawa, 
is really boring because everyone's a civil servant. In Spain, on the other hand, it is said that Madrid is really exciting because everyone's a civil servant. <laughs> Go figure. So I'm a mixture of two very opposed sets of cultural values. That goes a long way to explain why I don't feel entirely at home in either of these countries. But then again, that is not without its advantages, especially around tax declaration time. In fact, it is liberating not to have to be burdened by too much cultural baggage. I can travel lightly. So I have slowly come around to accept the fact that I'm not really at home anywhere on this planet and that that suits me just fine. My tribe is whomever I'm with. And tonight, that's all of you. Thank you very much. Rafa Gomez is a writer, blogger, and professor of architecture. For more information, go to expatstories.org. That's expat with an X. Music by Three Leg Torso. And thanks for listening.